You're listening to the Fortnite Podcast with your host, Too Loud TX and Monster Defense. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. I'm your host, Monster Deface, and today we are back with another Fortnite Podcast for the community. First off, I want to thank you guys for all the positivity and love for the listeners for the return episode of episode 113. Today is, of course, the follow-up, episode 114, and we have a lot of stuff to cover, including hot topics and, of course, a special guest, which we'll jump into very shortly. We want to thank all of our listeners from Dash Radio, Spotify, and of course, Apple. For all you guys that are tuning in from home, thank you guys so very much for supporting us. And like I promised, we're back with more episodes. So continue to stay dialed in, continue to stay tuned in, and dive into the content with us. So here we have it. We have, since 2018, a content creator that broke into the space by storm. And he kind of dabbled in here. He's been on and off as an influencer since, and recently has truly decided to take all of this content creating seriously we have a special guest today guys it is life with panda life with panda talk to me brother what's going on everybody how you doing monster hey i'm doing great man this episode is partially gonna be about you it's gonna be about your thoughts and your opinions on what's going on in the fortnite space but of course i want to leave the floor open to you i want to give you a quick opportunity man let these guys know of course you've been creating content since 2018 how old are you where are you from like share whatever it is that you want for your first impression Absolutely, man. So I am 28 years old, just turned 28 in, on beginning of August. Uh, I am a content creator, a bit like Monster said, content creating since 2018. And uh, usually I just come into the scene. I uh, give back to the community because that's what I'll, I'm all about. And I'll tell you about that in a, in a little bit. And then uh, I kind of disappear. But this time around, I've decided to stay. And I've decided to continue to try to make a bigger impact uh, continually on a bigger scale. So that's what I'm here to do, and I'm super excited to kind of tell you a little bit about my story. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I want to talk about that. I definitely dive into like who you are and, and why does you got into content creating? Because, you know, I feel like every influencer has their own story, their own history and their own drive, right? To do what it is that they do. Um, Absolutely. Let's, let's just start with like, where are you from? West Coast, East Coast? You, you in Canada? Like, where, where are so, you, brother? <laughs> so I am East Coast, uh, born and raised in Florida. But I live right outside of New York City now. No way. Yeah. All right. Hey, so we're like we're like trading paths here. You know, I'm born and raised in New York City, moved down to Florida <laughs> for a little bit. Now I'm in Texas. That that's pretty awesome. Um, what made you move up to New York? So I have uh, worked in hospitality and corporate real estate my entire life, right? So finally, an opportunity came up to join uh, a really cool organization in new jersey awesome and i jumped at the opportunity it was just a temporary gig and then i was supposed to go back down to florida uh but i fell in love with new jersey my fiance and i fell in love with different seasons and here we are a that's, couple years later that's pretty awesome hey i love it i love it that's that sounds like good start and it makes sense now why you're on and off man i wouldn't want to be full-time in uh new jersey and florida either now <laughs> but uh yeah so let's get into it man let's get into life with panda how'd you come up with the name life with panda so funny story, right? So I bought a PlayStation 4 uh, recently, and I was like, okay, I need a name. So I picked Life with MK, Ooh. thinking, because it's my initials, Matthew, and I won't say my last name, but uh, MK, right? I'm thinking, this is perfect. So I make an entire Sony account. Turns out I made it on United Kingdom region. Oh, right? gosh. So I reach out to Sony. I'm like, hey, like I put it in the wrong region. Can you switch this for me? And they're like, uh, no. 
nothing we can do. And I'm like, okay, so can you like switch the name and then I can just have the name back? They're like, no. So I'm like, what do I do at this point, right? So I decided, I was like, okay, you know what? I like pandas. I almost picked tiger. I'm not going to lie to you. Life but with I'm really tiger. Glad. Life with tiger. <laughs> but I'm really glad I went with panda. Um, a buddy of mine, he was big into logo design, and he worked with me on this logo. And, and we looked at the tiger, we looked at the panda, and I was like, no, I got to go with the panda. And here we are. That's how we chose the name. I, I actually love the fact that you had a little bit of thought process before going in because as you guys can imagine, even for the listeners at home, monster deface or deface, people people take that with a whole different connotation. It's actually deface for graffiti artists and defacing property, right? So I come from the New York City background and I never thought or put any thought into the branding. I kind of got thrusted into the limelight. So it's kind of cool that I see that you had the opportunity to actually sit back, look at it and decide what it is that you, know, you wanted your legacy to be in. And, and kind of come out of so that's pretty awesome um did you expect to start finding success when you got into this whole online platform and stuff like that or did it just come naturally so i didn't right the again the goal at first was you know what maybe maybe i'll make some youtube content around my gameplay right like like anybody that kind of breaks into the space they're like oh man you know what i'm playing these games why don't i just record it and put it somewhere right yes so that was the original thought and then I got really busy with work. So I took a step back before I even started streaming or started uh, uh, really understanding what Twitch was. Just played games on the side and then focused on work. Wow. And when I moved up to New Jersey, my fiance was still in Florida. So she was still working in Florida for a few months. And I wanted to find a way so that she could watch us game together in a place. So I was like, okay, you know what? I know Twitch, right? I'll just start streaming on Twitch and she can watch us play games on Twitch, right? So I started doing that. And then this is when I first took the job in New Jersey. And I started to realize that I had an excess in funds more than I realized even for the cost of living in New Jersey. And I was like, you know what I could do with this? I could give this back. So I would have a community of like three to five people. And I was like, hey, I'm going to give you a controller buy them a scuff controller they customized it themselves shipped it to the house wow and then when the uh, ninja the ninja final mouse came out okay i bought i bought six of them and i gave them all away so, so mm-hmm. i was just gonna say so like you kind of just started ramping it up did you find gratification in supporting others giving back or like what is it that drives you is it the feeling of knowing that you're helping people that you know, possibly can't do it themselves or, you know, you just love to give the extra lending hand. What is it that drives you? One million percent. So what it is, right, is giving back to people that wouldn't otherwise be able to afford that. It It's personal gratification at that point. And that's why I was only doing it for a couple months at a time. The stream would start to get a little bit bigger and then I would stop. Because I, again, it wasn't about doing it for me. It was about doing it for uh, people that may not be able to uh, have some of this stuff for them in their own personal lives. And then this time around, uh, earlier this year, viewing parties became a thing. We were watching EMAD and uh, a buddy of mine was like, hey, like, why don't you start up the stream and we'll, we'll do it this way, right? So naturally, we had a couple drinks. We're sitting there, we start up the stream, we're enjoying it. And, and he's like, well, why don't you do this more? And I was like, okay, chat. 10 subs, I'll stream, I'll stream again, have a full like week schedule. 20 subs, I'll give away a PC. Wow. 
I hit 33 subs in 45 minutes. <laughs> there you go. So, hey, when when you're giving back that much, you know, that that's kind of how it is. It comes in and, and big boulders. No, absolutely. And so just to be clear, right? Any money that I make on Twitch right now is completely going back into giveaways, giving it back to the community. Uh, like what I do for new Fortnite seasons, for instance, is I go out and I buy stacks of V-Buck cards, right? Last time I spent $300 on V-Bucks. And every person that came in the chat, I just gave them V-Bucks. Wow. So, th so they had the opportunity to watch or get a battle pass just for being lucky enough to kind of come in. And I didn't tell them that ahead of time too much. Right. I did talk about, I would, hey, I'd be doing giveaways and stuff, but I didn't tell them exactly what I was going to do. And then that's what I did. Well, I think you done screwed up Life with Panda because the viewers <laughs> here, the listeners, new seasons right around the corner, y'all. Go check the man out. Hey, but uh, listen, while supplies last. <laughs> while they last. No, but also, that's like, seriously, that's, that's super sick. I love I love the story. I love that you, you do it for yourself. And even the fact that you're true to the whole, you give back, every penny right because you're in a you're in a blessed position that that you're able to give back and do those kind of things where other people can't right everyone's everyone's 100%. situation is a little different and you're sticking true to that and that's that's pretty awesome so obviously we we know why you're streaming but when did you start streaming i, I joked around at the start about you kind of hopping on board 2018 and you were inconsistent but was that your first actual live stream or was it just like in the recent years yeah, so it was 2018 was my first actual live stream. It was back when uh, my fiance was in Florida. Okay. So so I used it as uh, that time to kind of start streaming so she could watch. And was right? that on console? No, so I was on PC at that time. Ah. Because, again, when I would moved up, I, I was like, okay, well, I have this extra money. What do I do? Okay, I'll buy a PC. And then my friend was like, oh, man, I kind of want a game on PC. So I bought him a PC. Oh, then, no way. And then it got to a point where I was like, I still have extra money. What do I do with it? Oh, gosh. So it was, it's one of those things. It was a, a incredibly spontaneous, but I'm super happy I pressed that start streaming button. Hey, and, and not only yourself, right? I'm sure there's plenty, hundreds, if not thousands of people out there already that are completely appreciative of your contributions to the community so 100%. let's let's start jumping into Fortnite because the Fortnite fam is here to, of course, listen to that. You guys, you guys obviously got a good idea, good grasp of what Life of Panda is about, man. He's about life, okay, in general, giving back. But what are current thoughts on Fortnite, man? What, what, let's let's dive into the game itself. How long have you been actually playing Fortnite? Have you been there since the start? Are you a newer player? What what is your perspective on Fortnite? All right, so I have been in for in the Fortnite community since season two, right? So I've been playing since the Black Knight days. And I got to say, right, we're talking about current state of Fortnite. I know that's a huge topic right now. But I still find Fortnite is one of those games that I can turn on and truly enjoy. Maybe maybe not to the same extent as I have been able to in other seasons, but it's still that go-to game for me. And, and still understanding like what the game has done for the community is massive. Now, I, that doesn't mean... That I'm going to sit here and say, oh, hey, Fortnite is incredible and it's perfect because it's not. There are issues, and I'm pretty sure this community knows exactly what those issues are. But I'm looking forward to the new season. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what is to come and hopefully some increased communication from Fortnite and Epic Games. Okay, so if on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being, hey, I'm the most casual player there is out there 10 being i'm a professional player i'm hardcore i'm a dedicated comp player where do you find yourself on the spectrum 
I say between six and seven. So oh. I I do feel like mechanically I'm I'm pretty decent at the game. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, I'm not the person that truly dives in. Now I will say off stream and, and off game, I do spend a lot of time digesting Fortnite content, like the Monster VOD reviews and uh, watching back uh, old FNCS finals just to kind of watch the mindset of the pros. But I will say I haven't gotten to that point where I was like, hey, listen, I'm going to dedicate 8, 10, 12 hours a day trying to grind this game and get to that pro level. Okay, it's, but but you're de you're on the you're on the much more the 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 deeper side of the end, right? You're on the comp side, comp side. You're in the pool with everyone else when it comes down to how the game should be played at at the highest level still. 100%, yeah. Do you have any like if you could change something in Fortnite competitive, is there any one thing in particular that you've always wanted to see uh be different? Mm, you know, that's a really good question. I think it would be true like separation between the loot pools, right? Ooh. Now I know that Epic is 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 kind of doing that now, right? Where they they're doing the test period of things before they put it in. But I feel like they should do more of like a, a community a community poll, right? Okay. Say, hey, we, we're do we're planning our loot pool for the next season. We're excited to have your feedback on what should and should not be in the competitive loot pool for the next season. I mean, so last that, last time they did that, we saw a drum gun make it right back into <laughs> Fortnite. So, <laughs> do you think talking, do you think we need to keep from, it tight? Yeah, <laughs> we're talking from like a competitive uh, perspective. So maybe getting that poll and keeping it internal, right? Maybe taking. I know they've they've talked about that they're doing some stuff with uh, interacting with pros, but maybe they take a larger group of pros and just put them together, and they're like, "Hey, you guys were all in the last FNCS, right?" Can you give us some feedback on your experience and then give us some feedback on the loot pool? They give that feedback. Epic takes it, makes some adjustments and then goes from there. Obviously it'd be, it takes a little bit of time to make adjustments like that. But for example, this season, right? Completely remove the pump shotgun, which was a majority of the players, uh, main form of, of, of shotgun, right? Yeah. Or if they were attack user, they reduce the damage and you still can't use the attack as the utility that you were able to use the, the season prior, right? So making a, a drastic change like that and then going into a new season with new competitive and not putting it in creative so you could practice with it, it makes it very difficult to use. I agree. I think I think you said it perfectly there too, right? It's not just the fact that, you know, we want a little more transparency, maybe a little bit more of a voice out there. It's the fact that, hey, if you're going to do it, at least give us the tools to practice with it, right? Throw it in creative. 100%. Um, I can only imagine that at the top of the food chain of Epic, there is a power struggle that goes back and forth with the decision making. We can imagine, guys, billion dollar company, there's a lot of complex layers. And that's going to lead me perfectly into the next transition. What are your thoughts on the the war of the billionaires, okay? The, the <laughs> Goliath versus the bigger Goliath epic versus apple what are your thoughts on this and and even google jumping into it all right so let's let's wait, give wait. a little context uh, that's what i was gonna say actually yes perfect you read my mind break down what is epic versus apple for those at home that do not know what we're talking about all right so let's give a little context right so in 2019 i believe spotify filed an antitrust lawsuit against apple for the same thing that epic is doing now and it's that they feel like Apple and, and Google, to some extent, 
are monopolizing their platform as being the most popular uh, cell phone carrier to to take advantage of the developers, which from a from a business standpoint, it makes total sense. 30% revenue of something is ma major, but let's get into those details in a second. So in 2019, that happens with Spotify, right? Now Epic has come out and they said, hey, uh, we're going to allow in-app V-Buck purchases for a discounted rate, or you can pay full price through Apple. Naturally, that's against Apple's policy. First thing Apple does a few hours later is removes the app from the App Store. Within an hour, Epic, bam, hits them with a lawsuit and, and says, hey, we're going to premiere this new short film, 1980 Fortnite, right? Community's like, well, what's going on? Yeah. 10 minutes before that, that premieres, the lawsuit is there. You can read the document itself through Fortnite's official Twitter. And then the, this, this little clip premieres. Hashtag free Fortnite starts trending. And, and here we are uh, as of, I guess, with the earliest update as of yesterday, talking about how they're, they're putting another lawsuit forward towards Apple specifically because they have... Uh, I, essentially threatened to remove Epic's developer accounts through iOS and Mac. So, so Fortnite fan, let me, let me break this down just one more time if you didn't understand already. Basically, Epic was fully prepared, man. They're coming through. They're firing shots. They're using their game as a platform to gather the community, the masses, to then try and create a whole movement against Apple. And this is just epic at like doing epic things let's think about how many times epic has pushed the boundaries and really extended or or you know have brought new light to the esports community and given us more of a say in things i mean they were the guys that broke the fence down between xbox and playstation let's not forget cross platform wasn't a thing before fortnite before epic really started pushing the boundaries and they continue to do so. Let's not even get into the fact that they launched their own store to battle people like Steam, right? That try and take all this money from developers and stuff as well. So Epic has been doing a lot of good with their major platform. And this is probably, arguably, the biggest mountain yet that they have to climb. So now you have Epic versus Apple and like uh, Life of Panda, like you were just saying, Apple's already taking things way beyond just the App Store, right? Like you said, they're trying to shut down the game itself. And that got Google involved too. Absolutely. So Google is involved as well. They did remove uh, the app off of Google phones. Uh, Google did put out a notice that, hey, we're going to remove the app from our App Store. However, you can still download it on other App Stores through uh, Android phones. And so that's still an option for them. Now, Apple did later uh, submit a lawsuit against Google, but I don't think that's going to be as big as this fight with Apple, right? And you have to think, Epic Games not only has Spotify on their side, which they did publicly come out and support Epic Games, they also have um, some other major companies that are just sitting here like, hey, you know what? And major developers like, hey, you know what? Maybe we can get behind this. And then also you have to think, Epic is more or less giving a voice to the smaller developers too that wouldn't be able to to take on a lawsuit uh similar to something like this so i'm super excited to see what happens and being from a, a business background like i know how outrageous 30 percent is yeah uh, to consume a revenue source like that so if you're thinking strictly from a business standpoint apple is truly taking their brand name and and just taking advantage of, of developers 
So I'm super excited to see where this goes, Monster. I, I don't know about you, but I think it's going to be big. I mean, it literally is big. I, I know there's a lot of people out there having their little nerdgasms over this whole thing because, like we said, this is this is epic Goliath versus Goliath. This is not something you see happen very often. Two mega giants going toe to toe, literally the hottest in the market, the hottest in the space right now. So on a on a large scale front, this is incredible. And obviously, guys, I'm running for app, uh, for epic here. Hashtag free Fortnite if you haven't used the hashtag already. Hey, I know it's not a lot, but our voices count too. Um. With that, as long as they don't delay this next season, I'm happy, all right? I want to see Fortnite, hopefully, finally have a timed season release. We're about a week out, guys, maybe like 10 days or so, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. the, the new season's right around a corner. Um, and that's going to lead us into our next little segment here. What do you, you want to see Fortnite do next, man? We just got the little Aquaman. We got the, the new Coral, right? The new location. Fortnite's always doing things bigger and better. They're pushing IP boundaries like we've never seen before. Joker skins coming on in. What do you want mm -hmm. to see Fortnite do next? So that's that's the million dollar question, right, Monster? What's next? Now, I think they need to bring a, a better balance to shotguns. So I think that's number one. Whether they keep the charge, remove the charge, bring back the pump, keep the pump vaulted, that doesn't matter. I just truly feel it needs to be a better balance between the shotguns and the rest of the loot pool, right? What so, What is it that you think is imbalanced? Is it like that you need a shotgun? Is it that the shotgun isn't enough in PvP? Where Where's this imbalance that... Where are you speaking from? So, uh, personally, and, and with the friend group that I have and, and individuals that I played with in the community, I truly feel like, at this point... You, it's better off that you take two P90s or a P90 a rapid fire or two rapid fires, right? Than it is for you to even carry a shotgun and an SMG. Like there, there's so much imbalance between uh, DPS with, with the shotgun and the SMGs. It almost makes more sense to to attempt to be more consistent with a, a, a submachine gun versus the shotguns in the current meta. But Panda, what about all the highlights and the cool shots that look like, you know what I mean, on, on the tournament but, day? But it, you have to think it's just <laughs> that. It's highlights. It, it, and you look at, like, a majority of the kills, maybe even uh, a majority of, like, what's happened in FNCS, right? There, there's been really good advantages to carrying, like, a charged shotgun and being able to charge that and hit them and, and, and truly have more consistent damage out of that shotgun than even the pump in the past, right? But with the way that shotguns are, are glitching a little bit, they're kind of blanking shots, and it, it's, I just want to see some more consistency that comes out of that, out of the shotgun uh, loop pool by itself, right? Okay, so what about from a content perspective? What are you hoping for like in, in coming into new season? Are you the kind of player that looks forward to the mechanic changes? Um, I know we, we kind of spoke about how the loot pool affects the way you feel about the game like yeah. me personally like i lean more into like maps right like i want the map to always change like i love when the map adjusts itself i love when you know places like the block iterate uh iterate new pois that you can land at because to me that shapes out the way the games play that shapes out the way the dynamic of fortnite and and the rotates are all carry through so what is it are you looking forward to things like this coming into the new season 100 percent. so i think we definitely need obviously some change to the map now I think this was this season was the most drastic change to a map uh, from season to season, right? Other than switching from chapter one to chapter two, wouldn't you agree? I mean, here, the thing about that too, though, is that we had the biggest change where the map entirely got flooded 
but then it reverted itself. And I think the pro player community, it was so funny how they were on two sides of the fence in this one. Everyone was salty that most of the map went on the water, and then they were salty when most of the map came back and it was the same. So I do feel with the pros on this one, you want change, maybe too much change was a little overdone, but then to you know revert back to somewhat of a similar state, I understand where their, uh, their pain and, and feels are coming from. For me, I want to see more biomes back in the game. Okay, I could see that, right? Now, that that's that one thing, that one argument that you have to make, right? I, I do feel for the pros in this regard, right? They sit there, they play the game 8, 12 hours a day, and then next week the water drops and it changes the dynamic. Or for clicks, for instance, he was landing at a boat, and as soon as the water got to a certain point, that boat's just gone. So what is he supposed to do moving forward? So he has to adjust, but you've already put 8 to 12 hours in a day landing at this drop spot. So... I get it, right? So the ongoing uh, changes throughout a season, unless they're minimal, right, can be very damaging to the comp scene. But at the same time, can be a little refreshing for the casual player as well. So you have to think about the balance, right? And similar to what you asked a second ago, right? Uh, what do you want to see uh, for the casual scene uh, other than, obviously, loophole for the, the competitive scene? And that really comes back to some fun items, man. Like, like I get the Shockwave launcher itself is is pretty strong, right? I'm not denying that it isn't, or that it is uh, too strong, right? But Shockwave nades were a ton of fun when, when they used to be in the game. So something like that, or even maybe a reduced version of that mechanic, right? Brought into the game, something different. And so, honestly, so for me, that's what I like most about the normal shockwaves versus the impulse version. Because I always yeah. thought that the impulse were, uh, ones were a little too destructive to endgame, right? You were able to pretty much snatch height, guarantee free zones, all with basically little to no ramifications on, on your positioning. And that's why people hate the shockwave launcher. It's six of those in one, not to mention uh, you, you can blast them while you're in the air and you can hold 12 rockets, right? So yeah. the shockwave launcher is ridiculous. Let's talk about that really quickly, though. What are your thoughts the little hot take on mythic weapons right now so okay so let's talk about mythic weapons right i think mythic weapons for rotation are positive right like the current season grappler i think is actually uh pretty fitting right okay it's it's something that i don't think gives a massive competitive advantage however it's that risk to reward right it does have some reward if you do end up going for it so that that's kind of what I think. Stop with the like mythic drum guns and and maybe the mythic charge. Um, like I can just imagine, right? Let's say they put in like a mythic pump or a mythic double barrel, right? And you just jump into a box or a mythic SM SMG like a P90, right? That would just be gg for the community yeah. and, and we kind of we kind of went through that one already right when we had the previous season with the the way the grappler slash drum gun combo was just ridiculous and we we've seen yeah. the the imbalances between the mythic weapons i think this season they did a lot better job especially with the adjustment to the burst rifle class and kind of you know throwing their own little flavor their own take on it they definitely listened to the community on the way the grappler was kind of busted before with the speed now they adjusted it to have its own little redeploy and stuff so a lot more risk versus reward i think they missed the they definitely missed the ball on balancing the way that they put kits loot in the game like it's, yeah. it's one thing to have a shockwave launcher which is ridiculously strong it's another thing to pair that and couple that with a mythic shotgun on the drop as well Absolutely. like like that so, was crazy 
So yeah, it really does come down to, I guess, balancing the way they do mythic weapons if they continue to do mythic weapons in the future and focus more on like the chug jugs or focus more on like the rotational items that provide that that advantage, but not so significant of an advantage. It's like you see those memes, right? Where you pick up the shockwave launcher, you pick up the shotgun and victory royale. Like <laughs> it, it's it, it's it's find a balance between the two, right? Hey, that's that's how it goes, man. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do to secure that victory royale. And that leads me to my next question on some of the hot takes that the community has been discussing. What are your thoughts on pro players who somewhat look like they kind of team on a drop spot, splitting a drop spot? I'm talking about pros that were once duos or trios landing at a poi and then when the solo season comes around they're all of a sudden still landing in the same areas and maybe not contesting one another in early game so i definitely think there's two um povs you have to look at right you have to look at okay i've landed here for the last x amount of seasons like i know this drop even though my duo is gonna land here i'm still gonna land here right and there's the difference between that and then there's the difference between that and them in a call together like, like, hey, I just finished this. Let's go over there. Or, hey, I just died. Get in his box and kill him. Okay, okay. So do you, from, from an unbiased lens, you mm -hmm. don't see anything wrong with players that once share the drop spot as a duo team, playing it as solo individuals? I don't. And... It's, it's one thing when you play out the drop because that's what you know, right? Versus a whole nother thing when you play out the drop in a call or collaborate ahead of time, which obviously is hard to prove unless they are in a call, mm -hmm. uh, to say, hey, listen, loot and go. Because ultimately in a, in a higher level FNCS finals game, right? It makes more sense to get to the end game than it does to take early game fights. You're, you're, you're damaging your resources throughout the game, your ammo. Like, it just doesn't make as much sense to take those early game fights, unless you absolutely have to, right? And in that instance, if you know the other person, you know the other person's play style, I mean, what's to say it's different than somebody else studying the way Tifu rotated and knowing to kind of avoid that or go behind? Do you know what I mean? I mean, I, I definitely agree with you. I think it's a thin line that we follow along, and, and this is why we've seen so many different players get either banned for colluding and or just accused, right? Getting their integrity accused because it just looks funny. It looks fishy. But then again, our pro community, the 001%, they're always qualifying, guys. They're always going to go against one another, and they practice against one another in the same setting. So can you yeah. really blame them? That leads us to my next thought, though. It's it's a little bit more of a hotted uh, hotted debate, but it's right up the same lining as this one. I wanted to know your thoughts on Booga being temporarily banned for communi uh, communicating with an opponent in game after he was taken out. We just talked about players being on calls and whatnot uh, and whatnot, but these guys weren't at the same draw spot or anything. They were in the same game, same tournament, in the same call, and so happened to somehow in one way or another cross paths in that same game and then booga communicated something to that player which after his death influenced the way the person played in that game if you want to add a little context feel free to but definitely want to see how you feel about that whole players in call kind of deal so let's talk yeah let's talk about it i did kind of talk, touch on it with it came, when it came to the drop spots right when you're in a call together it elevates the chances of you being perceived as someone that is colluding or cheating right or or match fixing and I guess in this in this particular instance, right, we're talking about uh, what happened with a very well-known 
pro player. And honestly, when you influence somebody's somebody else's decision based off of what just happened to you, that is match fixing. I mean, or at least influencing the outcome of, of the game in some way, shape, or form. So you have to you have to really take a step back. Like, I get it, man. You you a lot of people are a fan of these pros. So am I. But the last thing I want to see these pros do is make mistakes like that and tarnish their brand in some way, shape, or form. So here's the thing, though. There's a lot of people that feel like you on this one, right? Where, hey, mm -hmm. you mess up. You need to be held accountable. There's ramifications for your mistakes. You know, you got to own up to it. But on the same token, some people think Epic is a little too lenient with their responses to the bands. Booga in specific only got a slap on the wrist. Now, we might think, hey, it's your World Cup champion. You you know, like, let's keep it real here. Yeah. You kind of have to, right? You're not just going to go ban him for 30 days. That'd be detrimental to uh, your, your entire game category, your success on Twitch, yada, yada, right? So maybe some politics involved there. But even looking beyond the Booga situation and the way that they handle bans in general, I feel like, and I think the general community feels like there's a lot of inconsistency there. So, So that is something I will agree with, right? I think for the longest time, we're like, okay, what's the difference in the bands, right? When you have like the the Creo and Bucky situation at Slurpee Swamp, or you was have... Was that like 60 days, I think, for Creo Bucky? For sharing yeah. a barrel and, and playing off of Storm Surge tags. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you have that, and then you have like the extent of like a Phase Jarvis, right? Who's been, again... Hashtag free Jarvis is another thing that's trending oh, right now with everything are you, going are on. Are you supporting Epic, that? Whoa, 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 listen, oh, I'm not okay. saying anything about it other than that. I'm okay. just saying, like, like the differences in bands, right? Obviously, uh, Ronaldo's even talked about like how like cheating and stuff has kind of worked in the game, but uh, banning people and and understanding the, the structure to the bands, I think, is something that Epic would benefit from, right? creating some kind of structure that's publicly known to the community. That's like, Hey, listen, if you're caught match fixing or storm, or like trading storm surge tags, like colluding in that way, right. It's automatically a 60 day ban. Right. If, cause at the same time, man, I mean, match fixing and colluding in that way is basically the same thing. I There's listen, not I completely agree with you in the sense of like match fixing or colluding in games should be held to some some high kind of standard, right? You, you should definitely get in trouble if you're caught doing that. We're talking millions and hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line that people are trying to cheat their way towards, right? This is not just mm -hmm. cheating for fun. This is cheating to steal money. Um, so I agree with you. I think there should be a much steeper ban system, maybe honestly, even more than 60 days. Uh, and this leads me to somewhat of my next question or topic along the same vein is the fact that all these people being accused of hacks or this whole hacking pandemic that's going on in the game i mean in the last episode i discussed my take on how i felt the community was responding and kind of adding fuel to the fire that is cheating but even with cheating they've been giving or from what i've seen it looks like they gave a warning to someone where someone like Jarvis, on the other hand, was banned permanently for uh, trying to, you know, expose how to attain hacks and stuff to the mass community and influences millions of fans. So, I yeah, where where do you feel? Where do you stand on that stance as well? Do you think like cheating in general, even as as simple as Jarvis who was doing it for content versus someone who's doing it to like basically steal away money from tournaments, should those be held on the same pedestal? Or wh where's your stance on cheating? 
So, so my stance on cheating is, is don't cheat. It, it doesn't make sense. Even if it's $11 and it's easy as one, two, three, don't do it. Number one, for, from, from the Jarvis perspective, right? Do I think he should have been permanently banned forever? No. Yes. I think the permanent ban was just a little extreme and ultimately hurt the way Epic kind of like handles certain things. In my opinion, this is completely my opinion, but at the same time, I really, I really don't understand how I've seen like very clear signs of cheating. Obviously it's not confirmed without foolproof. Right. But I've seen what seems to be pretty clear signs of cheating in the competitive scene and it be handled extremely different than it was for Jarvis. Right. Now, given Epic has been incredible with their anti-cheat system, they have done way better than their competitors like Warzone. I mean, you have to you have to give props to Epic where props is due, and they really have handled, for the most part, cheating very seriously. See, but that that's where the problem lies right there, is that we have always thought that they've done such a good job, but all of a sudden... You have these high-profile influencers, one, either getting caught for cheats that were, quote-unquote, undetectable, or yeah. two, you know, making this facade, creating this image around the community that, hey, there are cheats out there, and now, all of a sudden, Epic's reputation, Epic's anti-cheat reputation is up in the air, and I think that is irreparable damage that's happened to Epic because of the way the influencers specifically have responded to the way cheats have been in the community. Well, and 100%, I think that... That comes down to the way they respond next, right? What What is next for, for Fortnite's uh, anti-cheat, right? They truly need to find a an ever-developing way to combat these, right? Whether it be have a community figures, like, like a community figure report system. Like, hey, listen, this is a hack that's going around. They report it. Epic can take it, uh, test it, figure out how it works, and then figure out a way to trace it, right? Like something something along the lines of, of really diving into these cheats, because that's ultimately how they're going to figure out how to stop them, is truly by getting them. And 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 also, and, and this is my perspective and my take on it, it's just letting us know. Let us know what you're doing. What, how are you actioning against these people? How are you... What is your game plan moving forwards? I think silence is Epic's worst enemy here. It's their own selves, right? They, they yeah. are literally their own worst enemy because the reason most of these issues blow way out of proportion and things go down the hill for them all the time is because they don't say anything. And when they do speak up and when they do communicate with us, everyone's happy we're all on the same page we understand where this is all going it's when they go silent and even like this something as trivial as banning people for hacks from tournaments yada yada all they have to do is speak up all they have to do is let us know hey guys listen we're, we we heard you guys loud and clear we see the cheats out there we want to you know rest assured anti-cheats working don't believe the lies or like or, or be transparent hey yes we do recognize there's a problem out there we're trying to work on it we're working hard obviously right no one wants cheaters yeah. in their game um i think epic's problem is communication you know it's funny right because i find there are times where epic does really good at communicating certain things and yeah. then more recently in chapter two it's been a lot less communication right whether it's talking about patch notes or specific instances in the community like this that that tackling anti-cheat that this is the time that they don't really speak up or talk on a particular topic they're just like hey we released a a hot fix and that's all they say so nobody knows what the hot fix did 
nobody know maybe that was something to combat the the cheaters we don't even know because there is that lack of communication so i definitely agree on that front i think a little bit better communication from epic would make everybody's life easier in these moments well what did get a hot fix was the replay system and client which finally fixed the map bug so shout out to all you guys that like jumping into that compete tab and talking about the competitive side of fortnite because we just had the fncs solos conclude and man oh man eu was on fire you had champion uh the new champion uh e11 tason take home the victory for eu on na east you had l2's coop controller player one of the first uh or new rising stars now there was an entire new roster of top 10 on na east which caused an entire debate which i'm gonna ask you about in like two seconds and then yeah. na west had vert and arkham come super consistent towards the top so big shout out to those champs that are on the scene we're gonna be making content on those guys throughout the entire week but i wanted to get your take on this and this is probably gonna be one of our last takes for this episode today what are your thoughts on the community not quite having an open arms for the new champs that step up to the plate especially in naes do you think there's a stigma behind you or behind the way the community looks at their favorite pros so you know that's a tough question right you sit here and you're like hey my first thought as a person is open arms like congratulations you were able to to really hit like a true feat in your fortnite career right being able to place so well. And some of these guys were so consistent throughout uh, the whole entire FNCS process. It was incredible to watch, right? Especially as a consumer. As someone that's sitting on the stream, on the, F on the Fortnite stream, watching it, it was incredible, right? And I just don't understand the disconnect, right? Like, I get that you, you're supportive of your favorite people, right? Like, like clicks and unknown and everybody in this community, but when when Booga doesn't do well, right? It's it's almost like the community goes instantly against him, right? Now, in this instance, Booga's done fairly well. He plays fourth, right? And it's like the, the community flips. But that's because Booga is a household name, right? And then you have the less known people that are finally kind of breaking into the scene, making a name for themselves. And it's almost like you don't even know they're there. Unless you yeah. were really, really paying attention, you still don't know who they are. Yeah, and it's ridiculous because at that point, people are now blaming the game. And you have pros doing it as well. So my message for this point to all the listeners at home, guys, just do better. All right, support those that are at the top. Take accountability for your placements and how you did throughout the course of the tournament, regardless of what the state of the game is. That's why you got to play into the meta if you want to be the best. Be the meta. But anyways... Guys, this is going to wrap up and conclude the show today. Life of Pan, I want to give you the floor, man. Shout yourself out. Let the people know. Let the viewers know. The Fortnite fam, where they can find you. Absolutely. Uh, I'm on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Life with Panda. And on Twitter, uh, Life W Panda. Come check me out. Awesome, guys. And as always, feel free to send your complaints to me at thefortnitepodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> and of course, for, follow us at the Fortnite Podcast. My personal socials, guys, at Monster Deface on everything. YouTube content up 24-7. Until next time, y'all, dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales.